tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney Plus. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. Our guest this week is back for a return visit since his first episode back in 2016 was a fan favorite and one of our favorites. <laughs> I have to follow this. <laughs> Uh, he He's an actor, voice artist, impressionist, and one of the most gifted and popular comedians of his generation. You've seen him in TV shows too numerous to mention, but here are a few. Get Smart, The Odd Couple, Love American Style, A Pink Panther Show, Maud, Soap, Married with Children, Duck Man, and the long-running sketch show, Bizarre, as well as a million talk shows and variety shows, including The Carol Burnett Show, The Dean Martin Show, The Steve Allen Comedy Hour, Ronan Martin's Laughing, The Late Show with David Letterman, and his own variety shows, Something Else, and The John Biner Comedy Hour. He's also appeared in 18 episodes of The Ed Sullivan Show and a whopping 37 episodes of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and a long and very successful career that started back in the early 1960s. He's shared the stage and screen with a who's who of showbiz royalty, including... Bean Crosby. Henry Everybody F- loves somebody. Oh, that's his song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to tell you, I've worked with him many times. I had a good time with Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> He's going right into it, Gil. Okay. <laughs> uh, can, oh, do, do you do a Henry Fonda? Well, I try to do it sometimes, but it doesn't always come out right. <laughs> Do you do a Bob Hope? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, Jerry Lewis. Hey, that goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is on that list of people he worked with? Ah, <laughs> uh, Fred, do you, do you, I, I know you do a great Fred Astaire. <laughs> 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 oh, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, hey, you know, I tell you, I tell you, it's, I tell you, it's rough, you know. I was, <laughs> I was looking out the window the other day. I got arrested for mooning. You know. <laughs> In no respect at all. 
Oh, Sammy Davis Jr. All right. Oh, let me see. Well, <laughs> hi there, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, uh, Burt Reynolds. I know two Burt. No. Okay. <laughs> do you do Don Rickles? <laughs> yeah, hockey puck. <laughs> <laughs> Just to name a few. There you go. And his wonderful new memoir, co-written with Douglas Wellman, is called Five Minutes, Mr. Biner, A <laughs> Lifetime of Laughter. Frank and I are excited to welcome back one of our favorite performers, the man who does the best, Jimmy Cagney, and Robert Stack in the business, and a man who has a story <laughs> involving both a chimp and Billy Barty. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> the fabulous John Barty. Something for everybody. <laughs> I thought Ellis Ed Sullivan had a lot of different... Okay, so... So okay, so so good night, everybody. Good night. So welcome so back, John. Frank Frank promised me yeah. that you would have uh, a Jew hating story about uh, Ed Sullivan. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold it right there. You know, Sylvia was a Jewish girl, a Jewish Jewish woman, and married her. And we were at the Temple Gotti downtown in Manhattan. And and I had no, I could just, 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 I'm colorblind and I'm religious blind and I'm just blind. I'm just, <laughs> you know, I had, I had them all on my show. Why well, I had Jose Feliciano and you know, I had nothing against those Jewish fellers. <laughs> Gil, where, where did you get the idea that Ed Sullivan was anti-Semitic? He just strikes me. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe it's because of that fight he had with Jackie Mason. <laughs> no, Jackie Mason had to fight with him. You get me wrong. Yeah. Should we <laughs> should we get that story out of the way, John? Since you tell it so well. Oh well, I was on that very show where. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, anytime you had a rock star come on the show that you were going to do, you knew you're going to have a lot of kids in the audience, especially the dress rehearsal, and. Uh, and so, and so, uh, when they when they were in, you had to re readjust your timing and everything else, and you know, sort of fall into it with them. Like I used to do it, and I said, "You know, hold it down now, or I'll put you across my knee and spank you." you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so they all loved that, you know, when you bring them into it. So Ed, so anyway, Jackie's out there, and the, the president of the United States at the time. Lyndon Baines Johnson, <laughs> and uh, he and he, uh, they get word to the studio that Linda Baines is going to take up the first half hour of the show, right, with a speech. And so uh, Ed, Ed had, or the second half, I get a little confused, but one of those half hours, yeah, the first half hour. So, uh, so he's, um, so so Jackie Mason. Mason uh, is is working the thing because he was on the the first part, which was going to Canada, not to the states, because the president would have nothing to do with Canada. You know what I mean? Anyway, he's got <laughs> so 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 he's out there and he's working. He's working with these kids, and he, again, he's now he's getting frustrated. And he says at one point, he says, "Look, I told you thirty jokes. Pick one you like." You know. <laughs> 
So then he starts to think, and okay, so he starts doing this thing with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton were very popular. They get divorced, they get married, the thing, the ring is as big as a, a, a manhole cover. And it's all this stuff is on the, in the news about them. So the kids know about them, whether they like to or not, they know about them. So he, he goes into this thing, he says, he says, you know who's a big mouth? Richard Burton. Richard Burton is always talking Elizabeth this, Elizabeth that, Elizabeth this, Elizabeth that. You never hear me talk about it. So, that's <laughs> so so he's getting hot now they're starting to laugh they're starting to get with him and now ed, ed gets word that 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 johnson talked a little faster than usual and now it's only been 18 minutes and he's coming back on so now he's got to tell he's got to tell the world when they come back on the u.s comes on who's on the show and what's been on and all that kind of stuff so he tells the stage manager give him Give him the two-minute sign. So he gets the two-minute sign. So then, then the, it's Sullivan kind. He's getting like he says. Then he get you give him the minute sign. So he goes like this. The guy behind the you know the cameras. He, one finger. Stage head. Stage yeah. head. Yeah, this one. Yeah, <laughs> the pointer. <laughs> so, so Ed. So 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 he says. So Jackie says, look at this. He says, I'm getting hot, and they're giving me the finger. Well, here's a finger for you. And a finger for you out to the other side, and the finger for you, and then the finger for you. But it was off camera. It's here. But Ed Ed didn't know it was off camera, and his face dropped longer than it was when he wasn't mad. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's like, oh, and Jackie walks off like, you know, with his hands like marching, like a soldier, like a tin soldier that you'd wind up, walks off the stage like this. So I go up, you know, the show is over and it's now we're going to have the fur and the bigger part is going. So now the show is over and I go upstairs and I'm I'm taking my, my stuff and I get ready and I go down the stairs, CBS, you know, 53rd and Broadway. CBS, you go down the stairs and, and there's a landing there and Ed Sullivan's dressing room was off there and I'd have to pass him to go down the stairs again. And and so I'd go in every Sunday and say, hi, good night, Ed. All right, fine, here's your treasure, well, whatever he said, right? So. So this night, the door is closed. And I hear, you lousy, no good. Well, you know, we have nuns and priests and rabbis watch this show. And you, <laughs> and you pull a stunt like that, you son of a bitch. He was just laying into him. <laughs> and, <everyone laughs> and when he stopped for a breath, you'd hear, Ed, you'd hear uh, Jackie go, but Ed. And then he'd be right back down again. And I know. <laughs> Classic. Uh, that was the way it went. Classic. That story has changed so many times over the years from yeah, other people Richard telling it. Belzer. Richard well, Belzer. Belzer, <laughs> Belzer tells it. Yeah. Richard Belzer tells me, he says, oh, I told that story to uh, so many important people. And I said, well, did you give me credit for it? No, but they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's Belzer who embellished the story with the anti-Semitic. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, he threw yeah. that. He threw yeah, he You threw lousy Jew. You know, he did it. <laughs> Which is maybe where Gilbert got the notion. I never said that, but he was doing me, doing him, doing him, doing him, you know. But Richard's a good guy. I like Richard. He's a good man, Richard. Yeah. And off the air, I brought up, there was one bit you did on the movie Rio Lobo. Yeah. Where you did the entire cast. Can you do some of that for us? Making you work, John. Yeah. 
But I, I love that bit. Walter Brennan was in it, and I don't, I don't do actual scenes for a movie. I make up words, you know. <laughs> you get the idea. You get the idea. You know, I was out there, and those, those fellas come, come early with those guns, and, and I don't know if we can hold them off. <laughs> well, we're going to have to do it, or else you, you're going to throw that broom down and grab a rifle like everybody else. <laughs> so Richard Belzer always reminds me, hey, you're still doing that? Oh, I forgot. You know, I read that. The, the other great Sullivan story, uh, uh, John, and there were so many, and you know, you, li- you liked him. I mean, he was like a, he was like a father figure. He too, was, which is indeed, ra- yeah. Rather yeah. touching. The other one is the one where uh, it's bad luck to whistle backstage, and he, oh. he <laughs> which one, the other one I love. And it's in, it's in the book. I don't want to okay. make you tell all the stories from the book, but that's a great one. You want to put that story? I'll throw that one in. I'll throw that one in and teaser it's a teaser anyway uh, he took a bunch of us out there uh to work with him live at harris club in lake tahoe for two weeks early in my career i was about six months into the career and uh and uh and i didn't know about the you know the taboos and all that about what show business you know like they can't walk under this and don't be that and double sure. so I get there, I get there the afternoon and I don't realize that Ed Sullivan's in his dressing room, which was right across the hall from my dressing room. And I'm in, and I'm doing, shining my shoes and, 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 and I'm whistling. And I hear, who's that whistling over there from, <laughs> from, his, dress, from his dressing room, right? <laughs> So then I hear Jack Babb, his assistant, his unmistakable voice says, it's Biner, Ed. So there's a long pause, and I'm sitting there, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, and, and he says, Biner, don't you know that's taboo to whistle in the dressing room? So I thought, <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> I said back, and I started back on my shoes. And he says, one more peep out of you. I'll come over there and string you up by your red balls. it's so good you know there's another (laughs) thing it's like if someone said to me so and so does a great James Cagney imitation to me I'm always thinking you know well everybody does James Cagney you know it's like you dirty rats but then I heard yours and you actually spent time with him. I was invited to his home. Yes. I was, I was at my friend Roger Miller. Uh, dang me. But, uh, Love Roger Miller. Trailers for sale. Hey, Banner. You know where I'm going? <laughs> he, said, he said, hey, Banner. You know where I'm going tonight? I said, where? Is Mary and I going over to James Cagney's house? So I said, wow. But I wouldn't do that. Just, just saying in passing, boy, what I wouldn't do to be able to meet him. And I go home. To the beach. I was on the beach. My kids are upstairs. I'm making dinner for them. And uh, and there's the dog is barking. He's up there. Everything. The kids are arguing about some shirt or something. And the phone starts to ring. And then somebody picks it up. And I'm still at the stove. And my daughter looks over this little balcony thing. And she's, Dad, you know, like a days ago. James Cagney's on the phone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so so I pick up the phone. I said, hello, Jono, it's me, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Cagney. We're having a smoker tonight. I'm inviting you. Come on over. Just you, me and the boys. So I said, yeah, sure. And he gives me his address and all that. 
So, so I go over there and I walk in and he comes over and he says about 80 years old. He had, had a little cane with him and he, and he didn't say hello or anything. He puts his hand out and he says, I just saw you do something straight. It was marvelous. Marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, I wish people could see this. I wish this was a visual podcast. Yeah, so, so that was kind of fun. And then he showed me around his house, just he and I. He said, come on, I want to show you something. And he took me upstairs to his office and he, he showed me some oriental gentleman artist had carved Jimmy's entire career into the door of this beautiful cabinet. And uh, and had, you know, pictures of it in admiral's uniforms and all that kind of stuff. And uh, who did it? Who did it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, uh, he was a great guy. And I went back a couple more times and I was I was sitting there one night in a party and he's like this across the way. He's got the cane. He's got his hand and he's looking right at me. I'm about maybe six feet away from him. And the party's going over there and. uh, and, you know, and somebody's playing the banjo and uh, entertaining in that area. And, and he goes to me, he goes, Jono, <laughs> do you do Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> <laughs> I said, everybody does Jimmy Stewart. He said, so just the, Donald O'Connor saved my ass. He comes over and says, hey, come on, let's do Yankee Doodle for the old man. So, so we did little Yankee doodle for him and that was great. Isn't there something, I'm trying to remember this story. He said something very sweet to you as you were leaving or Pat O'Brien well, he, did. He, he said that, that, uh, that Irish poem about the wind. Yeah. May the wind be always at your back, but I don't remember the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what and a Pat thrill. O'Brien, Pat O'Brien walked me to the, with, with Jimmy Cagney. I couldn't, James Cagney and Jim and Pat O'Brien. I thought, holy cow, I must be a priest. <laughs> the last mile. <laughs> it's so funny because I've never heard a Cagney imitation like that. But yeah, oh, it's the best. Well, everybody does. Well, everybody. He talked real, talk real fast like this. He tell a little story. He talked real fast like that. Because everybody used to do James Cagney, and it was always like, you dirty rat. Yeah, and they had like it. easy things to do. Yeah, you know, like, like you're Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. All you have to do is just, 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 just figure out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about there. Yeah, yeah, like that. I just want to ask a couple of more things about Ed, John. And, you know, we you've done this show before. You know we jump around like crazy people. Yeah. You said he was a unique man whose talent was spotting talent. Oh yeah, which is an uh, it's just a fascinating statement. Yeah, well, he knew he knew he did. He'd hear somebody on the radio as he drove home to Connecticut, and and he'd call his people and he'd say, "Hey, I heard a certain blah 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 on the radio, and try to book her for the ne- within the next month or something." And that's how he'd, he'd find people. He'd he'd just listen and he'd look and he'd he'd find out who like the Beatles and all that. He found out you know who was popular, who was doing this and who was that and uh, and. Uh, you know, he was uh, in tune and he had his art. The art was uh, in television, especially then. Then there were only t- three channels, so people couldn't slip around. They didn't like something. You couldn't. Now they go. <laughs> but there was just three channels. So if you didn't like something, you'd wait until the opera singer or, the, you know, Charles Lawton reading the, the Bible or something like that was over. Yeah. 
so that, you know, you get into some heat and he had something that was quick and good right after that to kind of bring you out of that. And then he had something to load you back. If somebody came out, you know, he just had, knew how to space a show and how to make it stay interesting. Like the first time you were on with Ricky Lane and Velville, the ventriloquist act, George Raft <laughs> and a, but and a flaming baton act. Yeah. <laughs> you got to watch yourself backstage. <laughs> did you ever did you ever go on with Bobby Barasini and his and his chimps? Do you remember that act? Yeah, I remember the act, but the I mon- never did go a, on. Had a monkey act? No, 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 I never did go on. I also think it's something in the book you mentioned too that he deserves credit too. While he was discovering talent, you know, in a, in a difficult era, I mean, he knew, he was never discriminatory. Not at all. Everybody at all. got everybody that was the only thing he saw was talent. That's it. That's all. That's all. That's what he saw when he met his wife. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna make people buy the book too to know to to read the alan jones story and, with ed because it's so much fun and uh now what and but then wasn't jackie mason like banned 10 years yeah 10 years he didn't go back and uh one day he met jackie he ran into jackie in an elevator or something down in miami he said, you know, like nothing happens. When are you going to do our show again, Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> and he was on the next week. Yeah. The first night you did Sullivan, Jack Carter said something mean spirited to you oh, on the stairwell. Well, you see, the, the first time I was on, I, I well, it's done, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, the first time I was on was a surprise to me and everybody that, that did the dress rehearsal because they had to cut some of their time. Right. And, you know, doing a show, you got to know exactly when it's coming in and when they go out blah, blah, blah. and who did that, who's wearing that. You know, you got to do the things, you know. So so uh, it was kind of like, holy cow, they're changing around, they're changing timings and this, that and the other thing. And Jack Carter had a little thing in dress rehearsal where. His wife came out. I don't know what the what the deal was, but his wife came out beating a, a bass drum or something. You know, boom, 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 and and they cut they cut that right out. And I'm sure he had to he had to take that long ride back to L.A. with her, sitting next to him on the plane. We we never heard too many flattering things about Jack Carter on the, doing this show over the years. He was he, let's just say he was super insecure. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Can you do any Jack Carter? <laughs> any chance? <laughs> Just you know, it was like this all the time. You know, it was like, yeah. Well, I was over there and I was doing that. You know, it's like that. You know, he sounded like he almost lost his chops. You know. <laughs> So he, so he, we, everybody was cut, and I had a, I had this one suit. <laughs> I was working a truck at the time, and I had this one suit that I'd wear to church, and you know, the one suit. So I wore the one suit for dress rehearsal. So by the time I got through sitting around waiting for everybody to finish, that one suit was all wrinkled and stuff, and and they, so they sent me down to their basement uh, under the stage where the guys were. You know, did all the ironing and getting the costumes back in shape that were in dress rehearsal and all that. And they gave me a robe and some sandals to get around because they're going to do my shoes and my pants and my dimming. And um, and 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 to get back to the stairs or the elevator that takes you up after the first floor, takes you up to where I was. I had to go up this flight of stairs and there's like the school steps. You know, they had the tin on the edge of the step, mm-hmm. the metal. 
and I had the sandals on and I wasn't used to sandals and I, I slipped on the first step like that and, and I hear, I hope you break your neck. <laughs> that was Carter. <laughs> Jack Carter, nice guy. And, <laughs> and I look up and here he is on a fold-out chair leaning against the side of the elevator door, you know, and looking down at me like that, like, you know, with a lot of hate in his heart. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had him booked on this show, John, but he passed away suddenly. Before, before from, we could, from nervousness. Before we could get to him. <laughs> well, God bless him, you know. I mean, he had, he had a, a nice wife. <laughs> <laughs> She'd have to be. <laughs> how many Sullivans did you do? We, we put it in the intro. Was it 18? 17 or 18. 17, 18. Sure and how did it, it feel? special I did. I had that. How did it feel to set foot back in the, in the Sullivan Theater all these years later doing Letterman? Yeah. Yeah, it was. So I did. I did. Paid paid homage to the show. Yeah, doing that. You know, a lot of you know. You get you read your reviews on this thing that we're talking over, and 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 some people say I didn't know any of the people he was doing. You know, <laughs> he's ten year olds and yet, uh, and and so uh, it was it was very good. I had a good time, and uh, it was good. It was a good, fun feeling. You know. Yeah, people can and see it on YouTube. I recommend it. Yeah, and, well, thanks. thanks. Yeah, the, Martin Lewis is great. What What do you remember about working with Jerry Lewis? Jerry Lewis was my inspiration to be a comedian when I was a kid. Uh, my father passed away, and and I was, uh, you know, preteens, and uh, and I was feeling real bad about it, and uh, for a long time, and uh, as you may, you know, realize, uh, and and uh, and a friend of mine, we didn't have television. We were back. We were in Queens at the time, and uh, a kid invited me over to see uh, the Colgate Comedy Hour. Dean Martin, Gene Martin, and Jerry Lewis. And I, and I, Jerry Lewis came out, and and he's uh, an adult acting like the kid that just knocked me out. I started laughing. I forgot all about my father. I forgot all about everything. I just, <laughs> I was just rolling around laughing at this guy, you know. And I always like making people laugh. Like it's great. What did you and Jerry do? You did you did a short-lived? I did a thing. Jerry had a thing uh, for a while, his own show, and it went on. Well, I just have to talk real seriously now because I'm in the business, and uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the lozenge with the jaw. With the jaw. Yeah. And anyway, he uh, he had this TV show. Uh, we did it at NBC, and it was uh, uh, I don't know how many shows we did, but I was his like his Dean Martin, uh, not quite as handsome, but. I don't know. He wanted somebody around to be like a straight guy. Oh, I'd love to find those and see. I them. would too. I hadn't seen any of them. I just, you know, I was working so much. I'd never get to see him. Uh, but, but I'd like to see him too. I think there were only like five or six weeks he was there. Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And, and what, when was your first time performing or getting or auditioning or anything? <laughs> yeah, my 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 high school buddy Dean Calcagno, who's who's now Dean Christopher, because everybody used to use the G. <laughs> you Calcagno, you know. <laughs> so it bothered him, so he changed it to Dean Christopher, his middle name. So anyway, Dean Christopher and I were high school friends, and his father worked for. Uh, he was an artist, a, a cartoon artist that worked for one of the papers, the newspapers in Manhattan, and he found out about this. Um, this uh, Irving Mansfield, uh, uh, 
Uh, Merv Griffin had a show uh, like like the Art the Godfrey thing years ago, the Talent Scout show, where where he'd get well known people to come on and sit down and pretend that they uh, they they found somebody in the club or on the street playing the banjo, whatever. And that person would be brought out, and that was you know the, just to bring some stars out and say here's uh, going to be on. anyway. I uh, I I auditioned for Irving Mansfield in his office. And 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 Merv Griffin and and, and Joe Calcagno and and uh, and uh, and and, uh, and and they they found they said that they had found me discovered years later I'd see uh, I'd see the uh, producer being interviewed and he said oh yeah John Biner you know so so uh, that's the first thing I did and uh, and it was kind of a fun thing I did the goofs of the stars that was my premise what's the goofs of the stars well it was Johnny Mathis uh-huh. it's not for me to so good and uh and and uh elvis i did elvis uh, i i don't remember all of it but elvis was uh he had the guitar you know with the, with the strap he's singing love me tender love me too never let me go and then he'd sling the guitar around to his back and the the, the the uh, strap would come across his throat, and I'd say, Love me tender. You know. And that's what I did on the first one. And Jack O'Brien was the, was the guy who did all the reviews for the New York, uh, I, I, don't, I think it was the Times. And, uh, and he, uh, he gave me a great review. And uh, he said, Finally, Talent with the scouts. <laughs> That's the way you open the review. <laughs> now, did, now I just remembered something when you did that voice. Did you used to do a character named Mister Fossil Doodle? F- Esther Felix Fossadidi, yeah, on yes. the, on Felix Gary Moore. Gary Moore came back for about four weeks with <laughs> Derwood and all that stuff, and uh, and yeah, he was. It, we did him as a uh, um, what was it? Uh, an animal psychologist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have somewhere I have, I have myself in Annette Funicello. She played my nurse. And I'm, I'm talking about the animals. I'm talking about the animals. And I say, you know, and I start, I start coming on to her, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just chasing her around the desk. You're such a beautiful woman. You're so sweet. And then at one point I stop and I I walk toward the camera and I go, you know, Disney was no fool. The, the, the Merv Griffin talent scout stories in the book, John, there's, and there's a, there's a couple of turning points in, in your, in your journey. There's that one. There's the night you discovered the Oaks club in Syosset. Oh, that was the beginning. Yeah. 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 yeah and that, walked was, that in. was in need. That was in need of extra money. I was working for a pool company. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I drive my, my truck sometimes, you know, going to repair a pool or pump it out or do whatever. And, um, and I'd see this sign in Syosset, and there's a big old house, big gray old house, and they'd taken the porch and made a nightclub out of the porch, big front, you know, with all the glass and everything. It's just uh, a nightclub. And on the sign, it said, talent, uh, talent show every, no, not a talent show, but entertainment every Saturday night. 
and so I had I had done a few things in the Navy to make the guys laugh and and uh, <laughs> and uh, and so uh, you know I, I was I was I came home uh, on a on a Saturday night uh, from work and uh, about six o'clock and my wife was telling me that that we needed some shoes you know for the kids that you know the kids they eat shoes you know they wear out. <laughs> So, so I figured we need some extra bucks. So I went and put that same suit <laughs> on and I went over to Syosset, which was about, I don't know, 15, 20 miles from where I lived. And I parked the car and, and it was like, you know, the Lord was just waiting up there for me to get off my ass and do something because I walked into that place. And as I'm walking in, there's a trio on the little stage they had there with a, a little a room with about 15 people at different tables. And the guy obviously had been doing some stand-up is walking off the stage to this. <laughs> One guy. <laughs> so I go, so I go over and I, I find out with I find out from one of the guys, the trio gets off the stage and, uh, and I stop one of them and I say, Hey, who, who owns this place? And they say, it was right over there. Dick Metz tall guy with jingling change in his pocket and he's looking around you know and the bar's kind of loaded the people and and uh, I said hey uh I I did some things in the navy you know some shows it's okay if I I try something out on the stage he goes hey it, it couldn't hurt <laughs> 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 early Rodney and uh, and so uh and so I I talked some things over with the with the guys in the trio and uh I got up there and it turned out to be a job that went on for months. Saturday night. Where, where, where was the, I'm, I'm a Long Island kid. I, I have no memory of the Oaks Club, which must be got long gone. Was oh, it on, yeah, Jer on Jericho, Jericho Turnpike? Turnpike. I I oh I yeah, I mean the house, the house is so old, you know, it was, it was sighing. You know? <laughs> long gone. <sighs> what did you do that night, John? You did, you did John Wayne as a priest and yeah, you did, you yeah, did the, the, J the JFK things. football Eddie, coach? Having to come out of Catholic school and, and you know, we moved a lot. So it was a public school or a Catholic school or a public school. I used to stand up for prayers in the public school and they said, what are you doing? Oh, I'd sit down, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what the hell were you talking about? I, I, I saw you, you myself you, standing there next to the seat, you know, and after, after lunch, but waiting for prayers and after lunch prayers, and it was public school. Anyway, uh you also wait, wait, wait. you also did the JFK football coach. Oh yes, I did that. I did that. I did the uh, I did the uh, members of our squad. Uh, this guy. Uh, the, the premise was, this guy, this football coach, he has no control over the guys. They're in the room drinking. They got girls in the dressing rooms and uh, he's really had a bad season. And and he goes home. He turns on the set, and it was when JFK was you know president, and uh, and. Uh, and he, he hears this guy talking and he thought, well, maybe maybe if I go in and I talk to him like that, they'll listen to me. So he goes in, he goes, now this is, you know, early, early stuff. This isn't going to knock you out more likely. He goes in, he goes, members of our squad. And, they, and the girls stop. Everything stops. And they go, we are gathered here in this dressing room for one purpose, this locker room for one purpose. And that is to keep warm. It is cold out there. And also to talk about last week's game. Now, when you, you embarrass me. No. Oh, I, I have to explain to you that when I signed the play 
the Texas Longhorns, I had no idea we'd be playing real steers. <laughs> <laughs> which brings me to which brings me to to the point that really embarrasses me. When we lose today, and we will lose today. <laughs> I refuse to see you once again carry off the opposing coach on your shoulders. That went on like that. So, so you were a big hit at the Oaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was and a big hit. And the priest, the priest, the Duke. Right. That was a big hit. Whether you're Catholic or Protestant or Jewish or, or you don't have a religion at all. The Duke. And that it was Latin back then. There wasn't any like, you know, speaking English from the altar. It was all Latin. I used to be in the choir. I was in the girls' choir for about four years. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, and he, and he does at the Duke, and I'd walk that walk, and I'd say, turn around and say, Old Dominus Vobiscum, it comes spirit to to all, kid. <laughs> So good. <laughs> or sushi pray day pray katsionum pecatora. There you go. Yeah, those things. And you would don't ask me what it means. Uh, it's great. You are you mentioned you know working with Annette Funicella. What do you yeah. remember about her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's just a darling girl. She was beautiful and she was sweet, and she laughed a lot. Mm. I love to make her laugh. She was great. We had Frankie on this uh, on this very podcast. Frankie's a wonderful guy. Good I guy at the Copa. I opened for him at the Copa. Good man. Yeah, I'd say another. Speaking of JFK, I'd say another turning point in your career, and and one of my favorite things in the book too is is you going to do the uh, the JFK impersonation contest the night Vaughn Meter was oh, in the yeah. audience. Yeah, and that that's the night that was pivotal because that was the night you met Harry Columbi. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's in the book, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's not going to be anything left. <laughs> Once upon a time. Yeah, I know, Dad. Little Goldilocks. Yeah, right. Anyway. Yeah, um, uh, yeah so uh, I, uh, I went in there to do, to do my JFK, and I did that. Mr. Boss Squad, I did that thing. And I won the contest, which was 10 bucks. <laughs> there was a guy that would collect a buck at the door. He was just interested in people in the business and comedy and and he had rented out this this hall and uh and uh and 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 a lot of comics came in and they you know and there were a lot of agents and managers in the audience that had no idea about this but they were and uh, and and actually Vaughn Mita was there and uh and I did the uh, JFK thing and then I went and sat down and one of the guys the comic came over to me and he said hey you want to do an improv and I didn't know, I didn't know what it meant <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe it's something you do in the alley, you know. I didn't know what it meant, you know. So, so he, he explained to me it was, and and uh, and so we, uh, and then then he said, "Here's what we're going to do." He says, "I'll be the plane." He was a rubber face guy. His name was Bob. I couldn't remember his last name. His name was Bob, and he had this rubber face. And he said, I'm, "I'll do the plane, and you be the tower." And I can't get my wheels down. And and uh, I come in and I ask for instructions. I said, "Okay, fine." And I said, okay, not, I didn't say fine because I didn't know what the hell I was going to get into, you know. So now it's our turn and we get up there and he explains the whole setup. And I'm standing there and he's next to me and he's going, playing the tower, playing the tower, request permission to land. 
and I'm standing there and I don't I don't know what the hell I'm going to say. I don't say anything. Plus, <laughs> I don't know what the hell to say. <laughs> so he goes, playing the tower, playing the tower, request permission to land. I still don't know what to say. And I know the third time, if I do this, it's a big bomb. You get three shots. So my Rod Steiger comes to my head because I had seen him in a movie and, and I liked him. I, and I thought it was an interesting voice. So he tells you, now it's this. Now, now, now I'm ready. So he goes, mm, now he's really nervous. He's starting looking at me like, God, please say something. I'm playing the tower. Playing the tower. Request permission to land. And I said, boy, have I got news for you. <laughs> Now, Vaughan, I love the Rod Steiger. No, 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 no. You look at Oh, okay. I meet, I meet him at a party for the first time. A friend of mine, Lou Alexander. Lou Alexander was in the business. And he, he, he says, I said, hey, look at Rod Steiger's over there. He says, you want to meet him? I said, boy, I sure would like to. But, but he said, he embarrassed me. He comes over. He says, oh, this is John Bynes. And he shakes my hand. So, so, so uh, Lou says, he says, John does an impersonation of you. And I said, oh, shit. <laughs> so he says, do you do me from the pawnbroker? I said, no. Then you don't do me. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> Have you heard Gilbert's Rod Steiger, John? It's not bad. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's give, hear it. give him a little, Gil. We'll get a dueling Rod Steiger thing here. Oh, okay. This is Rod Steiger in <laughs> Convicts 4. <laughs> wow. All right, where he's the warden. Well, first let me ask, is there any jokers in the audience? Oh, <laughs> is there any clowns among you? I don't like clowns. I used to think I was happy being Mr. Friendly Nice Guy. But then I got this. A junkie pulled a knife on me. So just remember, I am not friendly. I'm not sympathetic. I am not even human. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like and it when he gets mad. You know, his teeth are blind. <laughs> when, he gets, when he gets very excited. <laughs> I didn't say that. The breathing. I didn't say that at all. Oh, and, and Rod Steiger and the pawnbroker oh. uh, was... Um, the pawnbroker? Yes. Yes. Was it what? I, my, my dear Mrs. Birchfield... I, you made this an extremely tedious afternoon with your constant search for an answer. Please, <laughs> leave me alone. How many times do you watch these movies? I know! <laughs> Run it back. I got to get that word in. Yeah. like to see you guys take this on the road. <laughs> and now, remember, we worked together. Yes, we did. Yeah. 
In silk stockings. Silk stockings. Oh, very good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of those shows on the USA Network. That's right. <laughs> you you guys were in the same episode. Who did you play, Gil? Oh, I was like some kind of wheeler dealer, like an agent, uh, just general con artist. And I think, were you like a car mechanic or something? In that? I was anything during any week. I couldn't hold on to a job. It's like when you were reading, you were reading all the shows I've been on over the years. I'm thinking, geez, I couldn't hold a job. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you on that show. Yeah, they'd send me out to do different work, to, to meet people in different factories and things. And Cotton Dunn was my name. By the way, Harry Columbia strikes me as a, as a real showbiz character. He was, he was, uh, he was representing the, uh, Theolonius Monk on a handshake deal yeah, back then, then when you went on to manage Michael Keaton. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 He left me for another guy. He did. Yeah. I'm sorry. I br- <laughs> I'm sorry. I brought him up. <laughs> That's all right. I still love him. I still love him. We had dinner last time I was out there. And and tell us about working with Don Rickles. <laughs> John and I were on a on a Carson show one night, and 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 Carson said, "What you know?" He's putting everybody down. He says, "What about John Biner?" And and Don said, looked at me, and he looked back at Johnny, and he said, "John's a gentleman." Oh, how nice! Oh, you also did the Rickles show back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I did the Rickles show. Yeah, Louise Sorrell. Very good. Very good. Yeah, Tell was, us, uh, we had uh, we did an odd couple fiftieth anniversary a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> with I, t- I was telling you over email with Jack Sons, Adam yeah, and yeah, Dave and yeah. David and nice. and a- David was telling me that when Dad worked with you in those two episodes, yes, that he could not keep a straight face in any scene you were in. Oh yeah, the da- da- Jack uh, wrote a book. Remember, he wrote a book and in- inserted in the book was a little disc and it yeah, shows- Tony and me. It shows the outtakes. It shows the outtake when he broke up and uh, and at one point in the garage thing, he breaks up and 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 Tony's standing in and he goes, "You are a naughty man. You are a naughty man." <laughs> Did Tony give you something for that character? Yeah, he the, gave the, me the parking gave, lot guy. We, came, we got we. I'm in the dressing room. We're getting ready to do the the, the garage mechanic uh, garage parking guy. And uh, and he comes and, and you it used to be like at the end of it, I, I, I'm yelling at him. And I got the, the rag in my hand and you know, the towel, whatever you say. And I'm yelling at the hall. They're leaving. I say, yes, I'll be, you'll be back. You'll be back on your knees like my mother. You know, it's <laughs> great. And, and, he comes by and, he, and he puts his hands on my shoulder. He goes tonight. It's Yizzle. Yizzle be back. And that's very New York. Yizzle. That's that's the bring the whole group in. Yizzle. It's like New York's version of y'all. Yeah. I, I, this is a guy from Oklahoma, by the way. <laughs> you will all have a party. <laughs> you were fun. You was two episodes. You were very memorable. You were the you were Hooper, the uh, the ad man, and the yes. and the, fat, the fat away pill. Two opposite guys. Yeah. 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 But yeah. The, he but was the, the, he was the business guy. The other guy was the business guy. Yeah. 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 I got a, que- a question from a listener, uh, John Ooh, Floyd McDaniel. That? I'm thrilled that John is back. He's been one of the guests that I've been uh, 
I've been dying for a return since his first visit. Has any, uh, do any of his famous friends or has anyone ever gotten upset with him or peeved with him over one of his impressions? Well, the only guy is an old timer named George Jessel, who your listening audience may oh, never remember. Oh, they, yes. they know from this show, buddy. Now, years ago, Jessel used to come on the Carson show and he told a little story here and there. And I come out and I think, you know, he tell these stories. And, uh, and he had a little tune. He liked this. No night and writing star. Anyway, um, <laughs> we know I'm doing, it. I'm doing, I'm doing, and, and he was always known for uh, being, having all these, he'd show up at a show and he'd have all these young women with him, you know, and he was about 90 years old and he's got all dressed in the, in an army thing that he made up his own uniform because he was known as a Toastmaster general of the world. And so he's, uh, he'd, he'd, he'd be, anyway, we were doing a takeoff on, um, on the Tonight Show uh, on, on the Craft Music Hall. And, mm-hmm. and Rich Little was playing Johnny Carson. And Sheila McRae was, was playing Jaja Gabor. Wow. And I was George Jessel on the show. So I get on there and I was talking about my niece, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> this is so visual, you know, and, and, and uh, talking about these young ladies in his life. And, and I go, you know, it's all over with. And we, I go home and about six months later, I get a, I get a note that he's going to sue me. <laughs> Defamation <laughs> of character. <laughs> so I called my agent naturally right away. And uh, he said, oh, Jessel, man, every time he's out of work for a while, he starts to sue people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But as it turns out, he had to sue the producer because it was in in his script, you know, so it wasn't my fault at all. Didn't you? I'm reading in the book, too. The great Nathan Lane wrote your foreword for the book. Nathan, yeah. Yeah, and you guys were in the Sondheim show on Broadway. And did he dare you to do an entire show as Jessel? (laughs) <laughs> no, he just came in uh, dressing him one night. He says, you know, when you do this, brother, I play two, two characters. Okay. And, uh, and, um, and he says, when you do the, the old, the older, the, the other brother, he's more kind of, you know, showing his age rather than the, the this, the other guy it was more of a hipster, you know, hey, everything's right, you know? And, um, and so, uh, he said, why don't you try it as George Jessel? See what that happens tonight. <laughs> So I did. So I did. You just did it. I just came out and started doing my lines as George Jessel. And uh, and it goes on from there. <laughs> so so Jessel threatened to sue, never actually sued. No, he couldn't sue me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what was it like working with Fred Astaire? Oh, well, he was a terrific guy. He was a, you know, a very kind of regular guy. He shows up with his hands in his pockets, you know. Hey, how, how you doing? You know, so like. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one from a, from a listener, John. Luis Linares. Needless to say, I would love to hear a single memory from John of working with the late, great Bob Einstein. Well, you know, it all depends on how you look at it. <laughs> Great. Are you going to do that, John? 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 Are you going to do that tonight or what? You're going to just stand there and look. I, you know, he's a break me up. 
He'd break me up, and and, it, and he'd call me up to like you know months, months up to about a month before he passed away. He'd call me every month, every other month, but but six or eight times a year, and it would always be a joke. He wouldn't he wouldn't say, "Hey, this is Bob. How you doing?" Nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> a lady walks into a store, you know. <laughs> uh, and even if him. even if I had heard it, I I waited for the end because every time he'd get near the punchline, it would excite him so much his voice would change. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like this. I'd say, say, say uh, I'll just make some dumb, dumb thing up. Okay, so the guy comes in and he's got the basket. And he walks outside and he looks down and there's the cat is in the basket. <laughs> he did this show, John. He raked us over the coals pretty good. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. he just told it, told it like it is. In he mind. tore us up. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it yeah. was hysterical. <laughs> well, we miss him. We miss him greatly. <laughs> I miss those calls. You know, yeah. I, I miss the show Bazaar, which was uh, one, oh, was one fun, of my yeah. favorite John Biner projects. And what did you play? Over 300 characters? Yeah. Something? In the three and a half years we did it, I did over 300 characters. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is another story from the book, but do you want to tell Gilbert the Billy Barty story? Ah, okay. Because Gilbert has a special affection for Billy Barty. Billy was all right. Hi, John. <laughs> I'll tell you the Bob Hope story. I shouldn't tell this, but I will. In, in his later years, uh, he's got a, 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 a young man showing him around, you know, taking him around different places. And, you know, and, and there was a big, a big celebration at, uh, at a big uh, universal in a big hall in Universal, and I was there, and Annie, my wife, was there, and and sitting around at, at a table. And here's this gentleman on the stage, and a, 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 a local uh, newscaster was reading this nice, poignant thing about Billy Billy Barty, and <laughs> and in comes in like said, the big doors open, and in comes this guy holding Bob Hope by the arm and bringing him over, and he sits right down at this. Round table is about twelve foot, twelve foot across. Round table, and uh, and he sits down in one of the chairs at the round table, and this guy's up on the stage, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he yells, "I want ice cream!" Mind you, John, I, we I, we told you this the last time you were here, but Gilbert famously lost a part to Billy Barty. <laughs> yeah, I was up for a part in a movie. And he's still that, bitter. The, well, yeah, they told me I lost to Billy Barty. <laughs> was a Mel Brooks picture. What 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 is, what, what is the chimp story? Since we put it into the intro, <laughs> so here's an, it was not over with the Billy Barty story. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, oh, no, oh, no, no. Okay. I have to tell you this. One other thing was still with Bob. Still with Bob in the chair. Okay. Okay, now somebody somebody backstage tells Billy that Bob Hope's in the audience. Next thing you know, Billy's over so right there by his lap, and he goes, "Hiya, Bob!" And Bob goes, "Who's that?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> okay, so there you are. I'm enjoying the sight of John Biner breaking himself up, Gilbert. Well, I like you. I like you laugh. You guys laugh. You laugh good. <laughs> we we will also remind our listeners that John was briefly in the infamous Joys in 1976. Oh my God! The Jaws yes. parody. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which, well, that Bob Hope thought Bob Hope thought it was a good idea because Jaws was a big hit. <laughs> to write a story about some comic being killed and call it Joy. <laughs> <laughs> I think the killer turned out to be Johnny Carson. <laughs> it's on YouTube if, 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 if you dare. It, it's frighteningly bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Tell, tell, tell us, these are just names of people, random people that you work with over the years. And these are people whose names come up on the show, and Gilbert and I are fascinated by them. Joey Bishop. Yeah. Impressions Joey. of the man. And I don't mean impression. Well, you know, it was always like this. It was like, it was like almost like Jackie Mason, but not quite. You know, it's just, just, just this side of Jackie Mason took up. He just this side. That's about it. It was like what? You know? Did, did you know, like Joey? I like Joey. He had me on his show so many times. I lived in Hollywood, right down there by the studio. And anytime somebody canceled or something. <laughs> He had this crazy idea. He had this crazy idea. <laughs> uh, have rich little. <laughs> this is something that I hadn't thought about in a long time. The rich little and, and me in boxing trunks in a in an arena <laughs> with gloves on. Th- throwing throwing each other impersonations. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll hit you with a Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Gil, give, give give John this is uh we're 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 uh we're entertaining him too, so give him a little bit of your Jessel. Oh, one bright and shining light <laughs> that taught me wrong from right, I found the I'm harmonizing with you. Yeah, how? Okay. I found the mind. I think let's go have some more cake. Yeah. And then his other thing was, hello, mama. Yeah. This is Georgia. Did you, you get remember the... me? Yeah. <laughs> From the, the money one... every week. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes. And did you get the parrot I sent you? <laughs> what, you, you ate it? Um, I'd forgotten that, all about that. That's great. That's that parrot spoke five languages. <laughs> oh, he should have said something. <laughs> Gilbert, did you ever meet Jessel in your travels? No. no. Oh, hey. Yeah. Okay, so years later, I'm working at the Tropicana. I'm working at the um, Landmark in Vegas. Used to be there. And I get there the night before, naturally. I get my suite, and I roll back. It's about 3 in the morning. And I saw on the sign driving up that Jessel was closing that night. He was opening for, I don't know, somebody and, and I said, oh, that's interesting. So I go out and it's kind of a foggy night and I see this figure by the pool. <laughs> this, this figure by the pool. And as they get closer, 
I realize it's George Jessel. And I say, hey, how you doing? He says, hey, Johnny, you're going to do me tonight? He <laughs> <laughs> was all right. Did you have any dealings? Did you work with or just talk to Jack Benny? Oh, I uh, I sat with Jack Benny in the audience of the. He came to do, he came to do the the uh, uh, Gary Moore show. He was a little guest on a guest on the Gary Moore show while I was doing the Gary Moore show. So I sat in the audience with him one afternoon and we knocked it around. Yeah, we talked about things. You also cr- crossed paths with Groucho. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was early in my career. A friend of mine from the. Uh, William Morris agency, one of those agencies early in my career. He said, let's go over to the Friars Club. There's a little party going on over there. I don't remember what was going on, but I saw a look way over toward the stage at a big round table was Groucho Marx with some people. I said, wow, Groucho Marx. I loved his show. You know, you bet your life, you know, say the sacred word, divide your family, you know. So I, I, I figured, you know, all, all these people get up and they go to the bar and a little break going. So they go to the bar and he stay, he's standing there smoking a cigar, kind of leaning against the chair. But, you know, how the guys will turn the table around and yeah, he's leaning against the chair. So I go over and I said, I, I was, you know, about five feet away from him. I said, excuse me, sir, you don't know me, but I think you're terrific. He said, oh, I know who you are. What I don't know is why someone who looks like you do does what you do. <laughs> he says, he says, now think about that. That's a triple compliment. Yeah. So we oh, nice. go away. And then now years later, uh, I'm doing a, a thing with John, John uh, Davidson, um, a big, uh, a big uh, Playboy thing, you know, Miss Playboy of the Year, whatever the heck it was, a lot of legs. And, uh, and there's a break in the film or something, the, the tape or whatever. And they it asked me to go out and entertain the audience and hold them in their seats. And so I looked down and there's Groucho with the beret. It was in his... Beret oh, day. yes. Beret and, and, and sitting next to Connie Stevens, whom I know all my career. And uh, and I, st- I tell that story. You know, I tell that story. I say, blah, blah, blah. Then I go back to my dressing room <laughs> after the show. And I'm getting my stuff together. You know how you are. You're putting your stuff in the bag and all that. And, you, and I knocks on, knock on the door. I open it. It's, it's Groucho. Takes a cigar out of his mouth. He says, if you were a Goyle, I'd marry you. <laughs> <laughs> that great, Gil? Yeah. <laughs> we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor. Speaking yeah. of Mason, when you did the Ant and the Aardvark on the Panther show, you got, yeah. you got, you say in the book, you got permission from both Jackie Mason and Dino. No, the producers, the producers, oh, the producers of the cartoon, you know, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Patty and Freeling. Yeah. The Patty Freeling. Yeah. yeah. Legends. Legends. How'd yeah. you, how did you like Dino? How'd I do what? How did you like Dean? Did you, did you, did you spend Oh, Dean was a regular guy. You know, yeah. he's, ah, John, how you doing? <laughs> 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 yeah, and, and Sammy Davis Jr. Hey there, man. Yeah, I worked with him. I liked him a lot. He was he was a nice guy. I he was so he was so thrilled. I, when I was in the Navy, I had the album in my in my cubicle. <laughs> it's called Manhattan Tower. You familiar with that? Manhattan Tower is a is an album. It's a it's a it was a, a Broadway play, a musical, and uh, I had that. And then in the back of it. It said the uh, the the cover was uh, the 
cover was photographed by Sammy Davis Jr. And that's years ago, you know. Now, now in the mid-80s or some other time like that, I'm doing this show with him. And he's got his, you know, a couple of his friends are with him and he's got the cameras around. And, and he says, you know, I take pictures, don't you, John? And I said, yeah, I know you take pictures. <laughs> he says, in fact, I, I told him that story, how I had I had the album and, and I knew that he, and he said, hey, man, listen to this. <laughs> he had to tell his guys about it. It was a thrill that I had remembered that. <laughs> John, you worked with everybody. Yeah, just about. Did you work with Milty? Milton Burrell, no, but he's a good friend of mine. I, I met him out at the Friars Club and we mm-hmm. became really tight friends. And, and he was a wonderful man. I do, you know how sometimes in Vegas they'll call you up and they'd say, hey, Milton Burrell's going to do you. We're going to have a radio show or a TV thing you want to come by between shows. And he'd always be right, right there giving you all kinds of, you know, pumping you up. And uh, he was a nice guy. He wasn't Jack, Jack Carter at all. <laughs> <laughs> He was a great, and he always loved my Jessel. He always loved my Jessel. It's the first time he'd see me, he'd go like this, John. That's great. That's his way of telling me he wanted to hear Jessel. That's great. Two, two people we've not heard flattering things about on this podcast in six years are Jack Carter and uh, Danny Kay. Oh, yeah, Danny Kay. I'm around, I'm I'm Hans Christian Anderson. <laughs> uh, talk, let me talk to you quickly, John, about soap. Yeah. I was telling you, we had, before we turned the mics on, I was telling you we had Ted Wass here. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, that was a show, you did, You stood out on that show. You only did 17 episodes. Yeah. Which I, which I was surprised by because I remember you being a fixture there. Yeah, well, it was a two two seasons, and uh, and uh, she falls in love with me, you know, and uh, Mrs. Helmet. Tate, you know, yeah, and uh, and uh, and it was fun to do, and I I met a lot of great people, and yeah. Tell us something about Richard Mulligan, who's a guy that Gilbert and I were fascinated by. Richard Mulligan was a fascinating guy. I mean, yeah. he, you know, after you, you've done it, you know, uh, Gil, you've done it. You've had you open your book on Monday and. And you, you read down, then they get it on its feet after lunch. And you know how it goes. And, uh, and so, you know, after, after we closed the book on Monday, we, you know, we get up and we all get a cup of coffee, except for Richard Mulligan. He'd, he'd be, he'd have his book. He'd be pacing back and forth. Going, <laughs> reading, reading and stuff and doing the camera, you know, doing those things. <laughs> And he'd do them exactly like that when it came on. He had every little thing all figured out. Very eccentric and performer. Yeah. I remember, if I remember the name of this show, did he do a show called The Hero? Hmm, I got to look that up, Gil. You no, mean where he played a, a, where he a played doctor a, thing after that? Yeah, yeah, Empty Nest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did he play a superhero, Gil? Uh, no, I think I... Oh God, it's going to kill me now. Uh, he was like like a like a Western hero actor, like a John Wayne type actor. Mm. Oh well, someone someone in the audience right now is going is screaming out the name of the show. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you do you guys want to take a swing at that thing we printed out doing a couple of doing a movie scene together? 
Okay, sure. <laughs> this is uh, something we sent to John, and he was game because he's a pro. <laughs> and this is this is a, something we used to do on the show, which is movie scenes. And this is from Angels with Dirty Faces. And John, uh, Gilbert will be bogey, and John will be uh, his beloved James Cagney, since he does the best Cagney ever. <laughs> you guys want to give this a shot? See how it sounds? Okay. Sure. Go ahead, Go ahead Gil. Nice and rocky. I'm pulling every string I can. I'm, I'm seeing all the right people, and I think I can get you off in about three years. You talk like I can do that three years in a handstand. It's a long time. That ain't no picnic. You'll be outside having it soft, right on those cushions. I know it's a dump break, Rocky, but... I'm gonna. I'm not gonna mock time. I'm gonna scout around and make connections. Not only for me, but for both of us. You understand? Why should I take the fall? There's no other way out. Now be sensible. If they get me too, I'll not only be dismayed, but they'll check my vault box and grab that hundred grand. You don't want to lose that dough, do you? All right, Fraser. It's my rap, and I'll take it. But it's my hundred grand, and I'll take that too. The day that I get out. Look, I know you're a smart lawyer. Very smart. But don't get smart with me. Ah, <laughs> now, how do I get out of this? I'll do this till I fall asleep. <laughs> Best Cagney ever. Two other names that come up in the book, um, John, two, two guys that you work with, the great Mel Torme. I, I never heard anybody do Mel Torme until I heard you do it. And I love the dog story. I'll make people buy the book to hear the story. Tell us something about Buddy Rich. <laughs> Buddy Rich was <clears throat> was a, a man's man. I mean, all the guys, on, I, I was with the Harry James Band for a month or so and riding around the country in a bus <laughs> and uh, and got to know these guys real well. But but Buddy had his own little, uh, little, little car that he'd drive, a little Jaguar, a uh, fastback. And... Uh, and we'd be loping along in the bus before big, you know, like 95s and 10s and all that kind of stuff were built, roads and uh, interstates. And uh, we'd be on these long, boring roads and and someone would see this little dot. They'd look out the back window and say, here comes Buddy. <laughs> and they soon would they get Buddy out of their mouths and he'd, Wow! he'd be biased like that. <clears throat> he'd be waiting in all the places before we got there. And he was a good egg. He was a good guy. And uh, everybody liked him, as I said. Legendary temper. <clears throat> well, he never showed it around us. Yeah, no. I, I was, I was, uh, I was happy to know that you were aware of the infamous Buddy Rich tape. Oh yeah, yeah, I've got it. Here. I've got it around here someplace. Yeah, you know, a bunch of let your hair grow. You be, you want to look like your mother's. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, do you know the Casey Kasem tape as well? No, no, oh, I don't know that. We're going to send that to you. <laughs> you're, you're in for a treat, yeah. John. Oh, my God. <laughs> hysterical. You're in for a treat. Did you play a talking dolphin in a CBS pilot? 
I think so. I did a lot of those things, you know, really. I did a lot of those little cartoons. I pop in and out and they're still getting residuals. I'm still getting little things from them. That's good. Watching, <laughs> watching, characters. Those, watching those Ant and Aardvark shorts, they're still great. Yeah. Yeah, I like doing that. So much fun. Hey, Ann, you're going to the party? No, it's, it's hey, Ann, you're going to the party? Uh, no, I think I'm going to stick around here. What do you mean? You are the, you are the party. Gilbert, why don't you tell John what happened with you and Jackie? Mason? Oh, was this the, uh, yeah. I, I, I remember um, we, we, I, we were out somewhere, my wife and I, and she went over to Jack. We saw Jackie Mason and Jackie Mason. And she said, oh, I'm uh, uh, Gilbert Gottfried's wife. And he said, oh, that Gilbert Gottfried, that guy loves me. He loves me. <laughs> I don't talk about him. He loves me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he loves me. He's a wonderful dude. <laughs> but no, he used to come. He used, well, I worked at, I wrote work in the Tropicana, and he'd call me between shows, and he'd say, hey, John, uh, what are you doing between shows? I'd say, I'll meet you at the bar. So I'd meet him at the bar, and I'd be talking to him, and all of a sudden he'd say, hey, do you know her? Do you know this one coming in now? Do you know this one? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to pick up women. Oh, great. How about this one? Uh, you know this one? This one? This one? You know this one? <laughs> Gil, you guys finally buried the hatchet, though, didn't you? Didn't you have dinner with him? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we went to some delicatessen. And, uh, yeah, he was he was... Couldn't be friendlier. There you go. I'm going to keep throwing names at you, John. Any memories of Jackie Vernon? Hi there, fun seekers. I used to be a dull guy. <laughs> <laughs> we just did, I'd go to lunch with him over to the, the, the uh, delis in, in New York when we were working the Gary Moore show. He was on that Gary Moore show. With sure, me and, sure. And Pete Barbuti and people like that. Oh, Pete Barbuti, another favorite. Yeah, Lily Tomlin. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'd go over to the deli with him, and he was always trying to lose weight. <laughs> and he'd start out, he'd say, <clears throat> waitress would come over, what do you have? Well, I think I'll have some cottage cheese. Maybe put a couple of cherries on it. And maybe a little toast with butter. Hold it. And a salami sandwich. <laughs> 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 These are you great know, names. When, when you said Jackie Mason trying to lose weight, I remember uh, Jackie Vernon. Uh, Jackie, Jackie Vernon. Jackie Vernon. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, about Jackie Vernon trying to lose weight, I remember hearing a story that Jackie Vernon used to like to walk around the supermarket, and if he'd see a woman standing there. He'd like act like he's looking at the groceries and then he'd suck his stomach in and that would make his pants fall down. Okay, I've got one for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he invites Jackie Vernon, invites everybody over to his apartment for a little dinner, right? I'm talking about everybody. Pete Barbuti can back me up on this one. And unbeknownst to us, he's invited us over there because someone has stiffed them with some paintings. <laughs> <that> <laughs> 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 
and and he's got us in the hallway now. He's got us in the hallway looking at the paintings and you know, and how about this one? You know, and that you know that and this and that and the other thing. So we're all sitting there after dinner, and we're all kind of sitting around talking. And Jackie leaves. Jackie leaves. But we're talking and we're all having a good time. And yeah, I'll have some more of that. Yeah, and this and that, and that. You know, just how you do that after dinner, pushing back at the table and all that. And we're thinking, where the hell is Jackie? Jackie, now an hour has gone by. An hour has gone by. And he <laughs> he walks in from, from the other room in his pajamas. <laughs> and he goes, I must have dozed off. <laughs> I think I hurt myself. I love the I love these names. Here's one from the book. Orson Welles requested you on the Tonight Show. Yeah, oh, I was thrilled. That's a cool thing. Yeah, you bet. Spend any time with him? Uh, well, he kicked it around a little bit after the show, but I yeah. didn't see him prior. And, and no, he came out first. <laughs> he was. T- I caught him. I caught him telling Johnny. I was in the green room. You know how you sit in the green room and watch the guy that's on before you. And he's talking. He says, "You know what bothers me, Johnny?" He says. He says, uh, he says, when you introduce a comic and they do shtick at the curtain before they come over to the couch or out to their mark, you know? And, uh, and so I logged that in <laughs> and I got, I was announced and I came out of the curtain doing a cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked over to him and shook his hand and said, see? <laughs> there are some good Carson yeah. stories in the book. Pardon? There were some good Carson stories in the book. Yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. You, you also saw some strange sides of him, which will I let, certainly will did. let people get the book because it's. it's thank you for the teasers. Of course, yeah. I'll, I'll keep putting them in. There's wonderful stuff in the book. Yeah. Do you do you want to tell Gilbert uh, the Billy Barty story, or do you want people to buy the book for that? Yeah, one? It, it's more it's more of the, uh, the the chimpanzee story than the Billy Barty story. Okay, good. We, Billy we, we, used to. I used to invite my my room at the hotel. We'd all stay at the at the Royal York in, in, in uh, Toronto and a uh, big old fashioned, beautiful hotel. And the queen would be there sometimes. <laughs> the queen mom would come to visit and a big red carpet at the staircase <laughs> leading up to the thing. We'd know she'd be in then. But anyway, he'd come up to my room and the first thing he, we'd had, we'd had uh, dinner on the coffee table, you know? And the first thing he'd do is, is go over to the, the chair, you know, you have your one chair and then the sofa. I'd sit in the sofa and he'd take the cushion and throw it off the thing and it'd be right at the right size <laughs> to sit there at the coffee table and, and eat his dinner. <laughs> he had ways. He had ways. Okay, we'll make people get the book so they can they can hear. There's not only a chimp story, there's a monkey story. Yes. There's a little black. Oh, yeah, the monkey story. Black and white monkey story is hilarious. (laughs) I just keep throwing names at you, John, all night. But before we get you out of here, two people that we lost fairly recently uh, who were friends of yours, uh, the great Glenn Campbell and Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Can you tell us something about either one of them? uh, Well, Burt. Bert was Bert was a guy, you know. He 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 really liked to have fun. He was, yeah, as you see him on the cars, he really liked to have fun. Sure. And uh, and uh, he invited. <laughs> I did the show. Uh, I did the movie um, Stroker Ace with him. He plays a race car driver. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I, I play his his childhood buddy who comes back into his life later on, and I save his ass. And you want to know something? I'm not on the flyers. I'm not on the on the credits. I'm not on <laughs> it because he called me. That was a last minute thing, a last minute choice. He called me to do the thing because because Lonnie Anderson loves me, and he knew that we'd work together. So he had me come as a, as a kind of a nice thing for Lonnie. And so he and he, he invited me. He invited me to ride to different locations with with himself and Lonnie, you know. So, so I'd be there, and and they'd be in the back room because they were newly married, basically. And and she, I guess, would didn't have time to put all her makeup on. And so and so I'd sit there by myself. I'd talk to the driver, and uh, and every once in a while he'd come out and tell me a little story about himself and something. He says, and he was talking. He's talking about he's talking about the greatest little whorehouse, the best little whorehouse in Texas, mm-hmm. making that pill, which my wife is in, by the way. Oh, at any rate, he says um, he says uh, he says I went up to Dolly Parton one day, and I and he said if I, you know, Dolly, if I take my wig off and hug you between your breasts, we'd look like a a pawn shop sign. <laughs> the three balls. <laughs> <laughs> that was his way of uh, making me laugh. You know, anyway, he, he's he underrated a as a comedian too. Pardon me. He's underrated as a comedian. When you when you see movies like The End, oh yeah, you know he's he he really oh, yeah. was. He oh, that really was, was funny was stuff. Truly doing, funny and doing his own stunts, half of killing himself in these things. Yeah, even a movie yeah. like Hooper. Yeah, yeah, very very underrated guy. Tell us one thing about the great Glenn Campbell, who you got to know very well. <laughs> well, Glenn used to come over to my house when he'd have a, a fight with his girlfriend. <laughs> sleep, <laughs> sleep on my couch. <laughs> no, but he was, I liked him a lot. He was a good guy. He was, I liked his, I liked him. He was just, just the way he is constantly. He was just the, we'd hang out in Vegas and, you know, Glenn and, and Roger Miller and I, and, uh, and others. And, and, uh, and Glenn was like a brother to me. He was really nice. He's really, I used to love harmonizing with him. And uh, that was fun. This is a great era of showbiz, John. That you, yeah. you, were, you were right in the sweet spot. I'm looking at your IMDb page. Gilbert, we talk about 70s variety shows and 60s variety yeah. shows and, and how that's a lost art. Yes. John was on Craft Music Hall, Sonny and Cher, Captain and Tennille, Tom Jones, Flip Wilson, Mac Davis, rest in peace. We had Mac here a few months ago, yeah. John. Bobby Vinton Show, The Jackson 5 Show, The Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour, The Peter Marshall Show, Van Dyke and Company, and that's yeah. that's just a fraction of them. Great days. Yeah, I could not hold on to a job. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did the last interview with Mac Davis, who was here with us a, a few oh, months yeah. ago. God bless him. On a sweet soul. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and a, a real, great songwriter and a great singer and all that good stuff. There are also Elvis stories in the book. Yeah. So we won't we won't tell any of them, no. but they're worth they're really worth reading. Uh yeah. so many names, so many memories. The kid from Rockville Center got to grow up and work with every legend. And it's amazing yeah. that Bing Crosby was the guy that you saw on the screen, on the big screen when you were a little kid and the yeah. first impression you ever did. Right. And, and you grow up to work with the guy. Worked with him many times, Hollywood Palace and a big special up in the big special up there in the where was it? Uh, 
with Sun Valley. Yeah, Sun Valley with his wife. <laughs> he was great. <laughs> he, he he had this two boys. Two boys <laughs> were were running around sometimes, you know, on the stage doing what little kids do, you know. And uh, and uh, married to Kathy Grant, lovely girl, woman. And he'd be and what he'd do in between there were breaks in the stuff and people would say, You wanna hold Bing? Bing, you wanna hold on? Yeah, we'll just he'd stand there and he'd go Kathy, get the boys. That's all he'd say. <laughs> get the boys, Kathy. It's it is kind of surreal, John. That you you know you read you read the book and you're a kid watching the Colgate Comedy Hour and watching these people on television. And then I meet them, and you know, you meet them and you become a peer. Yeah, it's wild. It is wild. Yeah, and I. I often wish that my parents could have seen me with some of the people they loved, you know, like, well, they saw my mother saw it. My father yeah. died when he was 46. He didn't get to see anybody. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. But anyway. Uh, what, what about Durante? Oh, yeah, I worked with him. I worked, I worked at <laughs> Lennon, Lennon Sisters. Lennon yep. Sisters. Yep, yep. So here's the deal. It start. it was when, it was when uh, one of the, one of the, 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 the girl's father had been, bumped off by some idiot in a golf course. Remember that? Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a tragic okay. tale. So now they've got guards all around the studio. They've got guards every place. One of, one of the guys had a crush on Peggy. And, uh, and so uh, Jimmy was a regular on the show, you know. <laughs> so so he, <laughs> he says, uh, hey, he opens his dressing room door. I'm walking by. He says, come on and watch the football game with me. So I said, I go in there. And uh, and we're sitting there and we're talking football and and there's a knock on the door and a guy says, "Come in," <laughs> he says, "Come in," <laughs> he says, he says, uh, and the guy says, "Oh, oh, oh, Jimmy, I I got some pictures that I took of you back in the blah blah blah." He shows him all these pictures. He blah 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 blah. Well, I'll take this one and I like that one. And he says, "That's all we need," you know. And he gives him the, uh, the envelope back and he walks out and closes the door and Jimmy turns to me and he says. How'd he get into the joint? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. John, it's been a ride, huh? Oh, it's over. <laughs> well, it's only three hours. I meant your, I meant, I, I meant your career. You 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 have a lot of you have a lot of gratitude too in the book for the things oh, that, yeah. the things that happened to you. It's, it's yeah, uh, sure enough. It's yeah, refreshing to read. Out. Yeah, the book is Five Minutes, Mister Biner, a lifetime of laughter. Forward by Nathan Lane, uh, jam packed with stories. Like I told you, we're going to put the word out on social media. Nice. It is a page turner, as they say. Yes. You decided to finally sit down and write a memoir. Yeah, I've been telling these stories to people. They'd be riding a uh, plane or something, and somebody did you ever work when I tell a story? And I'd say, well, why not, you know, put these things together and uh, got in touch with my friend Doug Wellman, who used to produce a show I did called Comedy on the Road. I remember that show, too. Yeah. Yeah, I had every comedian in the world on it, except for Gil. Of course, he was too busy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Flying to Paris and what have you. 
<laughs> I noticed there's no Gilbert Gottfried anecdote in the book. No. No, no right. I, I don't talk about all my friends. <laughs> I'm going to make you guys do one more thing before we get out of here. We did okay, it last time. It? A little bit of rainy days and Mondays. If you each if you each take a little part, we're going to we're going to do a little <clears throat> tribute to our pal Paul Williams. Well, I just want to say one thing first. We've only just begun to live. Okay. Do you know that when Paul Williams is on the show, I imitate him, and he says that the two people who do the best imitations of him are are uh, you and me. Of course. That's nice. Yeah. See, we have that in common. Yeah. Give, 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 give John a little rainy days and Mondays, Gil. Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. <laughs> Peter Marshall used to say, go ahead, you're going on? Go ahead. Oh, talking to myself and feeling low. <laughs> Sometimes I like to quit. Nothing ever seems to fit. Jump in there, John. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Sometimes we'd be on the Hollywood Squares at the same time. And Peter Marshall, you know, he, he knew I did Paul Williams. And he'd throw me a line, something about Paul Williams. And, and I'd just make up a song. Like, and I come home and I sit in the door. <laughs> <laughs> Come home and I take my shoes off and I go to the fireplace, um, you know. <laughs> and and Paul would always say something like, well, you ought to sing one of my songs so I get some credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wonderful guy. Hey, Paul is great. We got to have him back, Gil. We got to have him back. Yeah. Yeah. John, we'll you've done ev- you've done everything, worked with everybody. Our listeners will love this. We're so we're so thrilled we got to talk to you not once but twice. And we'll get the word out about the book and give our best to Sandra. Oh, thank you very much. I certainly will. She's been very nice about the podcast, very supportive. Well, yeah, she's a good kid. Yeah, well, we appreciate that. She always runs into Johnny Mathis at the supermarket. She does. <laughs> and she says... She'll say, she'll say, my father's on the phone. <laughs> of course, she'll call me. She said, Johnny's here. I said, oh, yeah. I don't want to say leave him alone, but, you know, she's, so she, oh, he's last time. She says, Johnny's here. And she puts him on the phone. He says, no, we're not getting married. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to have Johnny here on this show. We wonder well, if he tell him. He's a good guy. wonder if he'd do it. Would Barbudi do it with us? Barbudi, yeah. Yeah. Pete. Pete, oh yeah, he can tell you some stories. All right, we'll call these people. We'd love to have them. Yeah, please do. We'd love to have them. Yeah. All right, Gil, you can rap if you want. Oh yeah. What do you think? I keep. I could keep this man for hours. Yeah, you're 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 one of those guests that all you got to do to prepare is make sure the mic is on. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and let him go. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we'll, we'll direct people to your website too, John, because there's some great photos of you there with with some of these legends. Well, thank you for mentioning that too. Yeah, yeah JohnBiner.com. I appreciate the the plugs and the fun, and you guys are always a pleasure to talk to. Oh, you've oh, been a ple- you've been a pleasure. You. You've given us so much pleasure over the decades. And it was my, nice meeting Dara, very pretty lady. Oh, I'll, I'll tell her. And tell her this. Yeah. We've only just begun <laughs> to give white lace and promises. <laughs> send this to Paul. 
Get the book, everybody. It's terrific. A kiss for so, luck and we're on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the old side? <laughs> <laughs> God bless you guys. Okay? God bless you, John. So you're a, be you're a safe. Gift. Be Thanks. safe and happy. Thanks, pal. He's going to sign off. Well, this has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre, and we uh, we were lucky enough to get a return visit from one of our favorites, John Viner. Who wants ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> John, have you seen the Bob Hope Jack Frost video? No. Okay, we're going to oh, send you that you, too. You owe it to yourself. It's it's a horror show. It's on its way, John. We and don't ba- talk about the deceased. We don't talk. <laughs> don't make fun of the dead, as my mother used to say. Thanks, as always, to Gino Salamone for helping uh, book John. This has been uh, a treat, as always. Thanks, John. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Take one fresh and delicate And one stolen night of live Your lips on mine Two sips of wine Now you take a break, I'm going to the bridge. Then come the wedding bells. One house where lovers dwell. Three little kids for the flavor. Start carefully through the days. See how the flavor stays. These are the dreams you will say. Get ready now With his blessing from above Stir generously with love One man, one wife, one love Through life, memories all made Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you kindly. I oh, thank you kindly. I appreciate it. Now I'm going to the couch now. <laughs>